today. I am here to give you the assurance that I have not forgotten you. If we want to see the new evangelization become more than just jargon, if we want to see it grow legs and gain traction and change the world, we have got to take seriously our responsibilities as husbands and fathers and especially as sons of God. I want to propose to you then that something that our world is desperately in need of in the midst of this crisis is Catholic Christian masculinity. If you want to be a good father, then bring your children to confession with you. I can't get there unless I become a man of ascesis, a man of asceticism, a man of training. A man not doing penance, a man not disciplined, is not a man. You guys have upped your game. You know what, guys, I gotta say, I, I love this the concept of man show. Warning, the Catholic Man Show is about to begin. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We are on the Lord's team, the winning side, and that's why we raise our glass. Mm. Shout out to uh, Pope Benedict the Sixteenth. May he rest in peace. May he be purified from his sins and be seated at the spot that has been waiting for him for all of, for all of eternity. Indeed, Saint Benedict. Or Saint Pope Benedict. Benedict is the guy who we got the we're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. A little slogan from. Which is a good slogan. It is a good it's been slogan. Good for us. Treated us well. Treated us well. So we're grateful for him. Also, this is the night before the camp out. It is very late for especially for me, because I go to bed. Like I've been in bed for at least thirty minutes normally. Yeah. Uh it's it's a late evening. Which like you just started doing about, I don't know, a year, year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's quite that long, but yeah, it's but, like you but, used to you used to be just a regular person. Right. And then you turned into like an old fart. Yeah. And it's been great, like, to be honest with you. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Turns out I liked it even better than I thought. Had I known how great this would have been, would have become it earlier. You know what? When I get old, I am just really going to play the card. I'm going to play that card. Hard. Oh, me too. You know, I hope the Lord lets me live that long. Like, you know, there are just certain that, situations where it's like, you know, oh, uh, so, uh, we have, we're, we're following the rules like this or something. Mm-hmm. And, and then like old people, it's like, they just look yeah, up and it's that. like, yeah, what are you, you going to do? Yeah, I'm not going to do that. I'm super old. All right. right. Like nothing. I cannot. I just witnessed a situation like this recently and I don't remember what it was, but it was a great example of it. And mm. it's in my mind and I just can't recall the figure of it's in my mind. The details are not. Mm. Uh, anyway, so you just have to trust me. That it was a great story. You know what? I'm going to do it. It's bold of me to do, but I'm going to. I'm going to. You're just going to go ahead and trust me. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. I feel. It makes me feel a little bit better. So again, this is the night right before the Catholic Man Show. Very out. exciting. Very I exciting. Excited. We just went to Costco. We just got back from Costco. Yeah. Juan, you, myself, we went to Costco. We were debating on how much meat we we bought and like how much it was all going to cost. And Unless, I was way over. Yeah, you or, were or way, way over. Way like, over. Yeah, way over. By a factor of two. You, in your mind, inflation has just decimated yeah. <laughs> the meat industry. Yeah. 
But we, we, I mean, we spent a solid thirteen hundred dollars. Yeah. Uh, got a lot of bacon, a lot of. I mean, it's basically half of that is bacon and wings. Yeah, and we're gonna and have. Here's the thing about the, this. Is what I'm so excited about is that uh, a couple guys are, are bringing out a, AJ and a couple uh, of his buddies are bringing out um, the Knights of Columbus smoker. Yeah, and like smoking six pork butts all. I can't Saturday. wait. I can't wait to just go stand over by it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just like just let it waft over me. Right. Because by Saturday, I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna be hungry. I'm well, I'm gonna be hungry. And I'm also like gonna be very far away from what you might call like clean by like modern day standards. Right. Okay. <laughs> Been camping all weekend. All right. right. So then I'm just gonna like go sit in the smoke of that smoker. And, and I'm just, just gonna absorb it because I feel like bask in the glory. I'll have the right consistency at that moment to really pit, like take up a lot of the smell you know what i mean yeah yeah so it it'll should, actually be an improvement it should it should be effective yeah this is gonna be great yeah i'm really really and excited. then i'm gonna eat it mm. Mm, cannot the best wait. part so yeah we're really excited about that if you guys don't know we, we go to clear creek monastery or clear creek abbey which is a, a benedictine cloistered uh abbey and we pray with the monks uh, they're so awesome we have you know we have a good Whiskey tasting. We have uh, a cigar rolling by Ultimo Cigars. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually bought everybody a cigar this year. Didn't even tell you that. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to touch you. I was like, I like, that was weird. Um, glad people on podcast didn't see that. YouTube. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. Um, I mean, I'm all right. Weird. I'm all right. Um, but yeah, so like, I'm really excited about like the weekend. It's yeah, going to be dude. great to get away. The camp just, out like, is so much fun. It really is. I'm so glad we've got, you know. And we've talked about it. Guys coming from all over the place. Yeah. Next year, you guys, you got to, if, if you've never been, you got to put this on your calendar. It's like the end of September is typically when we do it. Right. The last weekend of September is, is when we try to is do what, it. We're, what we shoot for. So it's pretty consistent at this point. Um, we did have to move it last year, but that's only because it was conflicting with our pilgrimage. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really try to come next year speaking of pilgrimages we're going to the holy land mm-hmm. um and we want you to come with we us. want we want you to come with us um this would be adam and i's first time in the holy land so like we can all go experience it together but it's, we have father patrick briscoe father, yeah he's he has been there uh and we're excited because he's gonna just just he's gonna dump un- a, a he's wealth gonna of unload. knowledge yeah he's gonna he's gonna back up the truck yeah and just like let us have it. Hey, so I want to talk about this whiskey. This is an epic whiskey. This is something yes. that I really want our our. I was also about to jump there. Uh, to know about this. So this whiskey that we're having tonight is Bone Snapper Straight Rye Whiskey. It's a single barrel. Uh, and it's special for, for many reasons. One, it's a, it's a bottle dedicated to St. Joseph. And you're asking me... Not the bottle. Not, not the, the glass. The whiskey. Not the whiskey. The, the the whole the whole whiskey the whiskey is dedicated so like the distiller no 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 like this you just bottle. mean this particular this, that's what yeah. that's what I'm saying I didn't want people to be confused about like this this particular whiskey well, I said this bottle yeah and I didn't know if you know if you're in like okay. you can't see I didn't know if people were thinking like oh there's something about the shape of the bottle okay. that they've dedicated they're okay. just trying to clear things up maybe I didn't I was trying okay okay I, okay yeah that's good. This bottle that I have in my hand, this, this one in particular, yeah, is, is dedicated to Saint Joseph in honor of a child. Uh, so our friend Ben, 
who's now our friend. He's our good friend. He's a good friend, Brent. We go way back. He sent us this bottle of whiskey. Here's what he said. He said, during the novena to St. Joseph, I promised him a bottle of my favorite whiskey if my wife and I could conceive. Four days after the feast day, my wife told me she was pregnant. Not sure how to give St. Joe the bottle. I sent it to you to enjoy on the show that helps me in my faith. So I think this is a, a good reason for, for, for many reasons, this right? Is, I just think we need more of this in the world. Yeah, and his brother, what, Ben? Josh. Or, uh, ben he, is, he is ben. Ben. Yeah, he's Ben. His brother, yeah, Josh. He, he also, Ben wrote us a letter mm-hmm. that had a little bit more details than what he put out here on this card. Uh, he was considering, like, what should I do? How do I give this bottle of whiskey to St. Joseph? Mm-hmm. And uh, they have a statue in their parish with St. Yes. Joseph. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he thought, well, maybe I'll just leave it by the by the statue and, like, see what happens. Yeah. You know? And, and then, then he, he said... A, a phenomenal idea. He said, then I had a better idea, and I'm sure you'll agree. I decided to send it to you. And uh, yes, Ben, not that the first idea was terrible. I don't think it was... This is clearly a better idea. I mean, <laughs> I agree. Yes, you were right. I do agree with you. Yes. Thank you for sending this, and congratulations. Right. Uh, I don't know if this is number one or number 15 for for Ben, but... Um, but congrats. All the same. Congratulations, man. That's it's such a great story. Uh, maybe if it's a boy, you'll uh, name him after... St. Joseph. St. Joseph, or our, our heavenly... you call him Bone Snapper. <laughs> okay. That could be a nickname. Nickname, yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, really cool. You didn't realize this, uh, Ben, but this was barreled in June of 2013. Do you know what we were doing in June of 2013? We were starting the show, the radio station. Yeah, ten years ago. Yeah, that's right. Ten years ago, we had just started the Catholic radio station. So this was bottled, or almost barreled, around the same time. No, not bottled, barreled. Yeah, uh, uh, like two months after we started the Catholic radio. That's pretty here in crazy. Tulsa. Yeah. So we're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers to Ben and his child to be and his to wife. come and his wife. And his brother Josh, who introduced Ben to the show. May you all be in heaven someday. So this is a uh it was bottled on 2017, aged fifty-two months. Uh and it says Bone Snapper is something that gets your gets your attention. Bone Snapper rye is a rich, bold, spicy whiskey. That should be sipped and savored. Enjoy it uh, over ice if you if you care to, or or favorite cocktail. But please enjoy responsibly. Man, I think it's delicious. Yeah, fifty nine percent, fifty nine point six percent ABV, almost one hundred twenty proof. I think I need to get into more rye whiskeys because they have that that like raw edge to them mm-hmm. that I really like. Mm-hmm. I just don't, I just don't drink a lot of rye. I don't know why. You're, I could write a poem, I know. And you're not I was even a poet aware. and I was not even aware of the fact. Yes. Man, that is that is Isn't delicious. that nice? That is very that is very very good. Um a lot of a lot of rise strong. Or yeah, like overpowering, I mm-hmm. think. This one isn't. Mm-hmm. It's still got it's like, man, a lot of it's still full flavored, but I don't know. This one is not it's not, it's not like blowing me away like a like as far as sometimes like, they do. Yeah, with the fun. with the rye yeah. and the yeah, delicious. So we're here about to go to the, the Catholic Mancho camp out, but we want to bring you this episode before we mm. did. We almost mm. didn't do one this evening because it is late. Because it is late, but we were like, no, we're gonna do it. We love you guys. We're gonna do it. You gonna talk about what are we talk about? The eight principal faults 
We're going to talk about what's wrong with all you people. Dave and Pamela, Haley and I, Jim and Kathy, and Father Patrick Briscoe, Dominican Friar from the Dominican House of Studies, editor of Our Sunday Visitor. We're going to the Holy Land, and we want you to come with us. April 3rd through the 13th, 2024, we're going to be walking in the footsteps of our Lord and His Apostles. We're going to celebrate daily Mass and sample some of the best local cuisine and wine. It's going to be a fantastic trip full of prayer, fellowship, mirth, and it's selling out quick. We're taking less than one bus, so it's, it's intimate. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a trip of a lifetime. We want you to come with us. All you have to do is go to selectinternationaltours.com slash Catholic Man Show. Sign up today. It's selling out very quickly, but we want you to join us. Selectinternationaltours.com slash The Catholic Man Show. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan. We're sipping on some Bone Snapper straight rye whiskey. It's a single barrel. It's delicious. Today we're going to be talking about the eight principal faults which attack mankind. Mm-hmm. So um, these are according to St. John Cashin mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In, a, uh, in a conference that he had with Abbot... Uh, well, so, uh, different abbots. Syrup, Syripion? Syripion. Syripion. I don't know who this guy is, but he was asking, they were they, they had a chat about this, and they wrote it down, and it was really great. Uh, really, St. Cashin is so underrated. Yeah, he is flown, he is kind of skirted underneath the radars. People, I think a lot of people he, don't know who he is. Because he's, uh, you know, he, I think he's much more venerated in the Eastern churches. Yes, I think you're right. Uh, and so, but in, in the in the Western right, in the Latin right, uh, because of that, because they're, you know, he's right after St. Augustine, if I if I remember correctly, right? He's like 400s, isn't that right? Yeah. And so like St. Augustine, so I think probably St. Augustine probably overshadows him because yeah, it's right I mean, before St. Augustine him. is a big figure, um, obviously. Especially in the, in the uh, Latin right, uh-huh. um, and so maybe that's—I don't know—I'm I'm making this up. I, like I'm assuming that 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 could be the case. Saint Saint John Cashin is sort of like Aquinas in many ways, in that he was very good at like cat- in, categorizing in, things, especially I mean, in the morality aspects. Yeah, yeah, but saying, "All right, here's the distinction between these things." Here's and uh, when you read him, he's very prescriptive. So he doesn't just say, here's what it is. He also says, here's what to do about it, mm-hmm. which is very helpful. Um, yeah. Because he's writing for himself and for monks, mostly. You know, people who were... And, you know, at the time, Christianity was, like, expanding into these new areas. You know, like, monastic life was developing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it people still didn't have it all figured out yet. You know, how to go live in the desert or how to live in a community and mm-hmm. what should we, what should our life and our rule be like? What things should we be worried about? Um, so St. John Cashin was the one who fleshed out a lot of those things for for the church. Um, yeah, his, his people two- that a lot of the later saints built heavily upon. I agree, yeah. His two main writings that he has, so if you, if you want to Google like the two books in which... Uh, you you would want to get is the conferences and then the institutes. The conferences is great because he, he like you said he, he gives a lot of prescriptions of like here's the problem, here's how you solve it, right? Yeah. Um, and then uh, if I, if I don't re- if I recall correctly, the institutes basically the first parts uh, talk about how to live as a monk, which is not something that 
you know you have to worry about as a la- as the lady. However, the the second half or, or the two thirds uh, is talks about all the capital vices in which he lays out, mm. uh, which is very it, it is very good as well. And in fact, I've I've drawn from him in a previous episode when we talked about um uh, one of the one of the vices. I, I can't remember which one we talked about, but um I drew from him. And the institutes that he the book at the institutes when when we talked about it. So today we're going to be pulling from the conferences, and you know even when even when you have writers who are writing specifically to monks or to religious vocation, there's still a lot of just this. They're still really great to read, right? Even though I'm not a monk, right? There are so many things you're, they're talking about how to how to overcome the, your passions, how to, how to deal, order your life, how to deal with yourself, right? right. Um, how to introduce discipline and you know like discipline. where yes thank you discipline into your life where does that belong and so even when you look at like Thomas Akempis uh, you know he was also writing for monks mm-hmm. but obviously um, you know that's his work is still something that everybody can can really in, like get a lot from um, anything else on Cashin before before we jump into it I like him I do too I do too. Um, so, according to Cashin, there are eight principal faults. Now, these are very, very similar. They're gonna you're gonna match. They're gonna match up, kind of one for one with the seven deadly sins. Okay. Um, plus one. Okay. Okay. So, uh, I'm gonna read the names that he gave to them because they're they're, they're, they're more much fun. Better. They're yeah. more fun. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, the, there are eight principal faults which attack mankind, and those are. Gastromargia, or gluttony. We should bring back gastromargia. He's such a gastromargian. (laughs) Is that some kind of, like, heretical sect? What'd you call me? (laughs) I have some some gas eggs, if that would help. (laughs) Um, So there's gastromargia, fornication, philargeria, philargeria, which is avarice or love of money, anger, dejection, acedia, senodoxia, which is boasting or vainglory, and then pride. So all the worst. All of those will line up with the seven deadly sins. The the addition here is dejection, mm. um, which he he reckons as a principal fault, uh, and so. What he's doing is he's having this conversation with this other abbot that I mentioned the name of. I'm not sure if I said it right. Um, it's not Sarpedon, but it's like Sarpedon. Yeah, Sarpedon maybe. I don't know. Uh, so he says that these these eight principal faults can be ca- categorized as either natural to us or they as arising outside of our nature. But all act, all of them, no matter where they come from, they act in a fourfold manner. Okay, okay so... He's going to spend the first oh half of this discussion simply categorizing, making distinctions. Okay. Here's what one is or what, what one is not. Can I ask you a question before we get too deep into this? Please. Like, what do you think the benefit is of focusing on the negative, focusing on the sin, like knowing what the sin is? Like, what, what is the benefit of that? Like, I could hear. I think some people would be like, "Why are we? Always, why are you talking about the the vice? Like, why don't you talk about the virtue? Like, yeah. Like, what is the purpose of like think like focusing and orienting our our discussion towards uh, the sin? Well, you need to do both. You need to know the virtue certainly, 
but you also need to know need to know the vice. If you don't know your enemy, then you can't you cannot effectively wage war against him. Okay, so if you don't know the problem, the first if you want to solve a problem, the first thing you have to do is know the problem. Okay, mm-hmm. you have to know where the error is. You have to know what's causing the error, and then you can step. Then you can fix the problem. You know, then you can introduce the virtue. You can right the wrong, okay? Because virtue is this path, the middle road, okay? That it's not excessive in one in one way or the other, okay? It's this virtuous middle way with some exceptions and some virtues. Uh, but in general, that's what it is. It's this medium between two extremes. So there is fault on either side. And if you don't know what the fault is, then you don't know how to pursue that virtue is the middle way. Do I need to steer left or right? You know? So I, I think I think you have to know and understand what the the faults are, what the vices are to accurately and and efficiently achieve virtue. Okay, I'll award you a thousand points. Yes. Ugh, I can't wait to use my points. <laughs> Um, so when it comes to these, you know, we're going to be categorizing them, which is helpful, like, because ordering things, right. When you're do, when you're reading about the order and you're like, okay, this sin, and then you like, you read and come to know more accurately what it is, what box does it fit in? Sometimes you say like, oh, I do that. Or, or sometimes you think, oh, I have this problem. And then as you read and study it more, you realize, no, actually, that's not what my that that's not my problem. I actually have this I have this other struggle over here. And one thing about Cashin is that he's gonna he's gonna tell us if this is your problem, do this. He's very prescriptive in that way, right? And he, he's also one thing that I really like about what he does is he he lays out the chain of vice. Hmm. The chain of faults that one fault leads this fault leads to this, which leads to this, which leads to this. And then he tells you how, what to do, no matter where you are in the chain. Confession. Confession is numero uno. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. I, sorry, I didn't no, mean no, to, no, that, I that's a good question. this, but I just wanted to make sure. I that, like it. Okay. Let's go. Let's do it. Okay, so there's a fourfold manner in which all of these, uh, these faults approach us. Some of them originate outside of us. Some of them come from within us. Um, some can be consummated without an act on the part of the flesh. Oh, some cannot be consummated. Yeah, sorry, so what does that mean? Yeah, so some must be consummated with an act of the flesh. I mean, the, these it, are gluttony. It requires, it requires like it, our It requires, body. A, yes, use of your body in order to do it, okay? Mm-hmm. You can't, be, can't have gluttony or fornication without doing something with your body, hmm. okay? Where others um, can be completed without a bodily act. Things like pride or vainglory. Like you can think of it mentally or like just right. interior disposition. Yeah, simply of some giving sort. assent assent of the will to a specific thought. Okay, that makes sense. Um, so I don't need my body to do it. Um, some find reason for their being excited outside of us. Okay, so um, basically, they, what other people are doing. Right, they might not need the body. I might not need my body, but they don't come from within me. They come from without. So these would be covetousness and anger. 
Okay, so I see something that somebody else has, and now I covet it. It's like what other people... It's an exterior motive. These are external stimuli which bring about these sins or these temptations anyway. That makes sense. And then some are aroused by internal feelings, so this would be acedia and dejection. Things in which, like, interiorly you're feeling. Right, yeah. Nobody else put them there. It's just... They came from within. I've just... Okay. You know, being tempted from within my own soul and mind. So when we get back, as we can talk about this, I, I want to spend a little bit of time on gluttony. I've been reading John Sr., rereading John Sr. Okay. And I want to, like, talk to you a little bit about techne and gluttony. Okay. We'll be right back. Listen, I know this is going to be a tough sell for you guys, but humor me here. This October... Hundreds of Catholic men gathered together from around the world at Estes Park, Colorado. Beautiful Estes Park, Colorado in October. It's going to be gorgeous for a five-day adventure dedicated to helping everybody build a better prayer life, forming up virtue and a life beyond Exodus 90, and having brotherly fellowship, getting to know one another, most likely over a pint. Join us, exodus90.com slash the summit. We're going to be there. Dave and I, we're going to be giving a talk. We are have a live Catholic Man Show episode there. Join us, exodus90.com slash summit. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. Sipping on a little bit of this bone snapper, straight white rye whiskey. Talking about eight faults in which St. John Cashin lays out. Before the break, we talked about basically the fourfold manner in which these things can uh, manifest, mm-hmm. right? Whether Ex- external or internal. Right. Um, and then with the body, without the body. Those yes. Are, those are the four. Okay, so, but yeah, and before the break, uh, I was talking about how I wanted to discuss, I was hoping to, to find this, this quote, and I thought that I already... Uh, I thought that I saved it. Here, here's something a, a fun, fun, fun thing that I do that I, uh, is actually th- thanks to uh, our buddy Dean Harrison Garlic. Uh-huh. Uh, he taught me, or he suggested this, and I was like, yeah, "That's a good idea." And so I totally stole it from him. Yeah. But um, as you're reading through through different books, and like there are different like uh, phrase phrases that like really strike you, or like some wordsmith like this, like wow, that that was really good. Yeah. Um, to copy it down, and then put it in your notes in your iPhone by that person. And so that way, like, you can always come back to it. What if you don't have an iPhone? Well, I don't... The whole whole thing doesn't work. Well, I really don't know what you're doing with your life, um, if that's the case. I'm over here, like, in in the land of freedom with my Um, Android. But... It's a treacherous world, but it's a free Um, world. But, but, uh, so whether you... Whatever your notes, you know, app is, or or whatever you use for your There's a Samsung Notes thing that I think nobody's ever used. (laughs) <laughs> I'm sure but, somebody uses it. But like, as I'm uh, listening to audiobooks or I'm reading a text and something really sticks out to me, it's like, ooh, mm-hmm. that's really good. And you know, when that happens, uh, you know, like, if I hear that again, it will trigger like yeah. my thought process. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I So you thought you had a note. You do, you I find thought, it. I, well, Did you find I, it? I think I found, look, no, I, not the exact one, but this will, this will help. Okay. So, Talking about gluttony and talking about um, techne, which is what Adam? technology, like yeah. you know, technology. Yeah. And uh, John Senior is talking about in the restoration of Christian culture, which is something that we'll probably read as a book club and for Patreon, mm. Patreon.com/slash/The Catholic Man Show. 
tough read. Tough read. Yeah, uh, because it's, it's like one one to have on your shelf, like mentally, like there. I read it. I processed processed it. Probably not going to come. Like probably not going to dive into it again. Like soon. Someday, someday I'll come back. But it's you know it is kind of a a tough but fulfilling read. Yeah, and it makes you really think. Right. Uh, you know, and it's not like a tough read as as far as like oh, it's it's very philosophical. Yeah. And things like that. It's just like it's you, just you'll know all the words. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and the concepts will be very familiar to you. Yeah. But anyway, he's talking about like the he calls it like one of his chapters. He talks about, he talks about the uh, air air conditioning holocaust. Mm. That's that, that's what the, a great great chapter. That's the yeah that's the chapter of his, the name of the book. So anyway, he talks about like he says uh, in a word, science will establish the kingdom of this world, like meaning this world right now, Earth. the present world, Earth. Of course, in the long run, the process will self destruct, but not for now, not yet, <laughs> not yet. And so he makes this claim that um, all of this technology provides us opportunities to do other things, but we don't actually do anything else. And this right. te- technology actually will, will, will be, you know, and again, he's writing this in like the 60s and 70s, but he says like, uh, the technology will end up becoming so advanced that we actually do nothing. Yeah. And like how we're not, that's not what we're made for. And so, like, he's making a lot of, like, bold claims and strong yeah. claims in, in this book. It's a good thing he, he didn't live to see today. Yeah. Like, I don't remember when he died, but I, I don't think he... I don't I think he, the 90s. He didn't... Yeah, he didn't make it or to No, this. it was early 2000s, I think. Okay, so he... 2006, I think, is whenever he did. Oh, see, you know what? That was the year after the iPhone came out. Yeah. Oh, well, no, no, I mean, that was 2000 and... Oh, I don't know. Eight? I don't know. Anyway... So like he did, I don't think he made but it. But it but it's but it's a very interesting uh thought, right, is that gluttony, which we always think about food, which is the main reason like if you talk read Aquinas, yeah. things like that, you're talking like he, he mainly focuses on food and it's the lack of temperance of of things of this world that are that are good, but mm-hmm. that it's disordered, it's a disordered pleasure of the things of this world um that uh order your appetites to the point of like you can't stop. You you're almost like it's a, a, a uncontrolling um Habit, right? right. Uh, but it, it goes way beyond food, right? It can, you know, it goes. Yeah, you know, historically, it was just food, right? It was, but there because there wasn't, there weren't these other appetites available. Well, there was, yeah, you're right, yeah. Okay, there, there were there weren't movies. Uh, you know, a drug addict is a glutton. Okay, now he's an if he's an addict, he's addicted. I'm okay, so I'm not, I'm not. If you're addicted to something, that means your your free will has been compromised. Yeah. You know, at at best, how culpable you are! How culpable you are! That's not what I'm saying, but it is still the vice of gluttony, right? Okay, and so like, so he talks about you know, so you you bring in the idea of, of techne or technology, right? And how, okay, well, you know, what does the phone do? Well, the phone is able, like, instead of like ha- talking face to face to somebody, I can just call somebody, right, and just like talk to them on the phone. I don't have to talk to them face to face. And then it's like, oh, well, text messages, I don't even have to call them. I can just like send a quick text message and move on, right? And then right. email. And then like you bring in, you know, social media and all these other things. And what it does is it moves us further and further and further away from human interaction. Yeah, absolutely. And and so like while these things are not in and of themselves, you know, evil or, or terrible, what it does do is it deprives us of a greater good, namely human interaction mm-hmm. you know real human interaction right like uh communion no, with one another yeah. not a 
not a mediated human interaction. Mm-hmm. But a but a but, but a, a real and we see face to face. But you see human where experience. like because these things are so uh, addicting because they're, they're easy to and they are absolutely to order like these appetites disordered dis, like you know in a disordered manner. You can see how the points of like these things that are are, are meant to be good to save us time end up causing us to do nothing, which is not right. what we're made for. Which or, is not, or spending more time just keeping up with the technology. Well, this is what he's talking about, right? It's yeah. like you, you sit there and you sit there and scroll and scroll now it has and to scroll. Be mo- now he has to be monitors and babysitted. Oh well, there's another technology that helps you with helps you do that, but now that has to be taken care of and like right. And so it, it gets to the point where all of a sudden all you're doing is pushing buttons and like you're just looking yeah. at a screen. And totally. so like I think that that is something that is uh, worth thinking about as we as we like look at our day, especially like. And this is a complete self reflection. Like this is a self reflection yeah. on my end. I'm a communications director. Like my job is to communicate out to the world like the things in which the bishop desires me to communicate. Um, yeah, and so you spend a lot of time on these devices. On these yeah. devices, and so, but even at, even if, if you weren't, I mean, I think everybody just can look at their own their own self and realize, yeah, my use of technology, especially my cell phone, there is absolutely a habitual element to it. Okay, um, because you know, you get in an elevator, and what do you do? You have that instinctive reaction. Your hand is just in your pocket, and you're pulling out your phone. Why? Because are you standing in the line of a grocery store? Be, yeah, or be, like whatever. Because it is. you just have nothing to do. I mean, you will be on the elevator for like ten seconds. Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe longer if it's a huge, tall building. But we're talking about a very short period of time, and like, oh, I have nothing to do. Mm-hmm. Let me pull out my phone. Why? I don't know. Right. You the, know that's that. The problem I have with that is like that is not a human response. That's not a human action. It's an animalistic action. There is no intellect. I am not like deciding to do this. Okay. I'm becoming more like an animal who does things by instinct, right? Just because I don't know why I don't know why the dog chases the mailman. He just does. Right. And that's what we're doing with our cell phones so often is I, I don't know. And like I think everybody has done this where they look at their phone and put it away and then as, right they're, back as they're putting it in their pocket, they realize, I don't even know what it what was on my... I, I didn't even actually look at it. Or have you I ever done this? I put it in front of me. This is embarrassing. Close an app just to reopen it. I've done this. Like on like, purpose? Like, I mean, just instinctively, right? Like, oh, oh okay, I'm on, I'm on Facebook. I need to get off. You, 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 you get off Facebook and then, uh, you, you know... You, you move your phone home screen over and then you go back and then open Facebook right back up. Yeah, it's a habitual thing. Right. Right. We're not doing this as human beings. We're doing it as animals, right? Right. And I think the I think the devil loves that. Right. And there's an inconvenience, right? So the the inconvenience of like it's more inconvenient for me to call you than to text you. Yeah. Right? Because now uh I can just think about my thought, put it to you and then say like whenever you're available, right? right. But the further away you get removed from that, I think the, the bigger problem that I think I have with it, right? You, you know, it's it's much more like inconvenient for me to actually drive to your house and see you and, and like interact with you, you know, face to face. Like in the like when like, like the old days, like like, like the well, boomers. Well, we did like for two like or well, you know, six thousand yeah, years when or the whatever. boomers were young. I mean, right? And 
from all of eternity or from all of humankind. Yeah, even when the boomers were like out of medium. Yeah, I didn't even know. Yeah. <laughs> Can you believe that? Right. Because uh, the back but phone, then, but did, then, like, the back phone did not count, okay? Because yeah. you didn't use it. It's too, exp- too expensive. Pagers. Oh, I'm glad I'm glad I wasn't around. What about like, Palm Pilots? Remember dude, those? I had a Palm Pilot. I did too. But it was just to play games on. <laughs> uh, but anyway, like, I, like I, I'm deviating. I'm just seeing like... There is a, there is a, we have a group of listeners who have no idea what a Palm Pilot is. No, there's no idea. Definitely, there's a whole lot of you. Um, but I like I I just think that it's good to, to recollect. Okay, so like he, he talked about the, uh, the 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 things in which uh, the manner in which like consumes you, but it has to be with your flesh, right? So he talks about the gluttony. He talks yeah. about fornication, right? Yeah. Fornication obviously is a, a, a understood thing um, of what that is, but gluttony, I think you can really look at not only food, like. Am I sad, so do I go to food? Do I turn to food? Am I happy, and so I turn to food? I think or glut- drink. To me, gluttony is an appetite for anything. I think media... A, a disordered appetite. A dis- yeah, disordered appetite. And I think you're right about media, I think, is far more prevalent as a gluttonous appetite for our media than for our food these days. And it ends up bleeding into apathy. The, the thing you're is, right. is it, it, it births apathy. Yeah. We'll be right back. The hosts of The Catholic Man Show have produced a practical, helpful, and spiritual uplifting book that helps parents make the connection between church and the domestic church. Living Beyond Sunday, Making Your Home a Holy Place reminds every Catholic family of their daily duties, responsibilities, and privileges to help each other become saints. That endorsement is from Father Leo Padalingha. Go check out our new book from Ascension Press. You can go to ascensionpress.com or just Google Living Beyond Sunday, Making Your Home a Holy Place. Pick one up for you, for your family, for your friends. And if you enjoyed it, make sure to leave a review so that way others can be made aware of the book as well. We want to thank Father Leo Padalinghug for his endorsement of our book, Living Beyond Sunday, Making Your Home a Holy Place. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles, here with Adam Minahan. We're talking about... We're talking about what's wrong with this world. The eighth, sin. Prin- the eighth principle faults. It's sin. Spoiler alert. It is sin. You should stop doing it. I'll work on stopping. Uh, Adam. Help me stop sinning, but not yet. Not yet. Tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> we have a, um, you know, we were just talking about gluttony and how it leads to like depression and just. A- apathy, de- de- yeah. Apathy, dejection. Like, where your appetite. So, like, think- we have. A, but the point I want to make here, okay, sorry, is we have a. Pamela found this quote somewhere, and I just I think it's so rich, and I pondered this, and I don't remember. I don't remember who the author is. It doesn't matter. But the quote is: "He who is diligent will soon be cheerful." Hmm. And I think there's so much to think about there. He who is diligent hmm. will soon be cheerful. You know that if we just if we put ourselves to the task doing doing something well the things that the things that we should be doing right right all of a sudden you find yourself like cheerful uh you you find yourself satisfied with your work with your day um the, i think there's just it's a very rich thing to he who is diligent will soon be cheerful i like that so let's let's move on from gluttony okay i had another thought but it's okay we'll we'll keep going 
Would you like to say it? I will allow you to say it. So I was just going to say, you know how, like, glutton with food, right? So, like, uh-huh. you, you, you have, like, you eat chocolate. Chocolate is delicious. Mm. You eat it, and it's like, oh, man, this I is do. so good. I do eat chocolate. But then you become a glutton for chocolate, and then the chocolate actually doesn't taste as good. Right. Right? Yeah. You know, like, it just becomes normal. Uh, and the same, like, I just want to parallel that with this idea of, with techne, right? Because... Uh, what ends up happening is, is you become like you need more and more and more of this chocolate to get this dopamine hit to get this yeah. satisfaction. Yeah. And when uh, you're looking for, you know, the, the problem is, is like with gluttony, with food, with with chocolate, it ends up making you fat and obese. So fat. But what happens with this idea of techne is, is it, it it makes you become a fat soul, not a body, but a fat soul. And I'm I'm stealing this totally from Deacon Harrison Garlic. He wrote an article which we're gonna have him on to talk about this, but he's talking about fat soul like and and the sin of acedia sin of of uh, apathy mm-hmm. and so like what happens is, is like because you 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 get accustomed in to this idea of uh this isn't what he says but like how i'm paralleling this is is that like what happens with with technology is like you end up uh being so uh distant from the re- from reality Right, that yeah. that you you don't even remember what reality is anymore, mm-hmm. and you have to, like you end up becoming a fat soul. It's Plato's cave. It's Plato's cave. Just it's hardcore yeah. Plato's cave. Anyway, I just thought that was important. That one was for me. So um, let's just do a, a quick review here of the passions of gluttony and fornication, okay. and their remedies. Ooh. Okay, so here, we know the problem now. Let's discuss. Okay, let's talk about how to make it better. Okay. Okay. So these, there are two, um, two that arise from us naturally, but cannot be, the, oh, I'm sorry, these two, glutton and fornication, they arise from us naturally, but cannot be consummated without first finding an external object, okay, so we, we already decided that. Mm-hmm. Um, these two faults in particular, which are carried into effect by the aid of the flesh, especially require bodily abstinence, abstinence as well as spiritual care of the soul. So that's what he's saying, is we need to practice abstinence. He's talking about fasting um, and abstinence of the um, sexual appetite, if that's, if that's what your problem is. Um, since the determination of the mind is not in itself enough to resist these attacks, we cannot simply decide, I'm going to stop being a glutton. I'm going right. to stop being I mean, St. Paul talks about this, right? Like, I do the things that I don't wish to do. Right. So St. Paul even, like, St. Paul... Well, you know, the, one of the main writers of the New Testament, mm-hmm. you know, talked about how, like, he can't just decide, I'm going to do this and do it. Right. Now, St. Cassian will go on to say that there are certain things that one can simply resolve to do, like, resolve to give up. He uses the example of, like, um, avarice, okay? Like, when a man enters the monastery and simply gives all of his possessions away. Mm-hmm. You know, he takes a vow of, of poverty, Okay, this is, this is a grace, though. I mean, it's not like his, desire. but like this is all grace, right? Well, everything is. A, you could always say that about everything, um, but fighting against gluttony, overcoming gluttony, is a grace, but it's not going to happen. the op, The way that grace operates is not simply through the intellect. Okay, you have to chastise the body. Mm-hmm. That's what he's saying: is that bodily chastisement must be carried out by means of fasting and vigils. Um, and he says, another thing he says, which I think was interesting, this must be added with a change of scene. Hmm. I like that. I, I totally like that. Right? Yeah. Whenever you're in the throes of sin, you, like you look need around a change you, of scene. You look around and you're like, who are my friends? 
like what am I doing? Like what is causing me to do this? Like what situation in this life has led me to this moment in which I like right. I, 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 I so if you sinning. stay in that same place physically, right? Um, like if you find yourself, oh, when I am at this place, like uh, at home by myself, mm-hmm. that's when gluttony and fornication. That's when these sins take place. Okay, well, don't be at home by yourself. Right. Okay. If you live alone, that's kind of a problem. But um, you know what I mean. Important. You, you need friends, yeah. you need to change. You like, yeah. Go outside. Right. If if you're like being tempted, literally go somewhere else mm-hmm. because the temptation might not be as easily. It might not easily follow you. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really good. Um, That's a very easy. It, but but yeah, it's simple. easy to say. Right. But when you're in the moment, it's so hard to get up and like go. Simple and answers do don't always yield uh, or mean like simple resolutions. Right. Like right. Being Even though to, it would simply work. Right. If you would simply it do mean, it. it. Yeah, but it doesn't mean it's going to be easy to do. Yeah, but it's not that simple. Right. My CDs are in his truck. <laughs> Sorry. Inside joke. Yeah. Sort of. Okay, so let's talk about the chain. Okay. I like the chain. Okay, so he says, of these eight, that there are six that are linked together. The other two are also linked together. Well, then, so all eight are linked together. No, there's two chains. One of them is oh. just two Two little links oh, okay. together, okay, and gotcha. then the other one has six links. Okay, gotcha. okay, I'm following. Um, any excess, he says that any excess of one forms a starting point for the next. That okay. makes sense. He says this from the superfluidity of gluttony, fornication is sure to spring, and from fornication, covetousness; from covetousness, anger; from anger, dejection; and from dejection, acedia. And we must fight against them in the same way. And having overcome one, we must move on to the next. Okay. This is like uh, the devil's playbook like, right. written this out. Is, this, is, this is what he does. Yeah, because he starts with, once again, you notice where is he starting? He's starting with gluttony. What's, what's interesting about gluttony is that it comes from within us. Okay. Everybody's got it. There is not a person on the planet who doesn't have the temptation for food, for like appetites, right? Because we all desire the good, mm-hmm. okay? That's what our appetites are. We've all got an appetite. So all he needs to do is like, oh, start to push it. Just, oh, okay, just a little bit more. A little mm-hmm. bit, oh, it's good, right? Oh, it's, a, it's your birthday, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, it's whatever, right? Have more, more, mm-hmm. more. It's that word mm-hmm. of more. And then from there, you can start to move on into other other worse things, right? Um. So he's starting with that common universal of mm. gluttony. Yeah. So um, St. Cassian says, in order to over- overcome, this is what happens. In order to overcome acedia, you must first get the better of dejection. In order to get rid of dejection, anger must first be expelled. In order to sp- quell anger, covetous- covetousness must be trampled underfoot. In order to root out covetousness, fornication must be checked. And in order to, to destroy fornication, you must chastise the sin of gluttony. So he's just going backwards here. Mm-hmm. Um, so where do you start? You start with gluttony. First, overcome your appetites. Overcome your, your own desires, right? How, how well do you, do you fast? You know, and then like, how well do you fast? You, should, like, you need to be fasting. If you're listening to this show, yes. Yes. if you're a man... You fast. You fast. That's the way it is. Nobody maybe told you. I'm telling you now. Okay, pick it up. 
yeah, it's not fun, but you're better for it. Okay. The two remaining faults are vainglory and pride. Um, and they're, they're connected similarly. Basically, um, the superfluidity of vainglory produces an incentive to pride. Um, the other six, he says, do not give rise to vainglory. You can have the other six problems out the wazoo and that won't make you, they never lead you to vainglory and, vainglory and pride. Now, you might be led there by other things, but it's not because you're gluttonous, okay? Okay. Um, I want to jump to this, and it might be... Um, stay in your seat. You don't have to even jump to it. Let me just skip ahead to this. Uh, instead of like going through the things about all of these that are like, oh, distinction, distinction, distinction. Um, I do like those, though. This is one... Th- I thought this was interesting. He said, how vainglory may be useful to us. Okay. okay. So he says, vainglory can be found a useful thing for beginners. What he means by beginners are people who are still like struggling with, struggling with in the moral life, still having, uh, struggling with gluttony. With flesh. Strugg- with the, with flesh, the flesh, right? Yeah, and, and mortal sin, right? So he says, if... When we are troubled by the spirit of fornication, for instance, if the beginner formed an idea of the dignity of the priesthood, because he's writing to priests, right? Mm-hmm. Or of reputation among all men, by which they may be thought saints and immaculate. And so with these considerations, they repel the unclean suggestion of lust as deeming them base and at least unworthy of their rank and reputation. And so by means of a smaller evil, they overcome a greater one. For it is better for man to be troubled by the sin of vainglory than for him to fall into the desire of fornication. So, he says, well, if you think much of yourself, maybe that helps you overcome lust. Smaller, uh, I, I just thought that was interesting. Uh, Very interesting. Still, still one of the eight principal faults. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. And cheers to Jesus. That seems a little like the ends don't justify the means. Well, yeah, vainglory. Like, yeah, exactly. Because like, vainglory, we shouldn't. We're not promoting sin, right? And he, I don't think he is either. I think he's just saying, pointing out the fact that. But that wouldn't be vainglory. Like the pointing of the fact is like, oh, look at the progress that I've made. I'm no longer struggling with this. Now look how like, oh, and I'm, I'm so sick. great. I'm so well, sick. but that's. <laughs> that's just like a recognition of that's either a recognition of look at the progress that I've made in the spiritual life, which is a good thing. Uh, it may be a a lack of humility in some way, shape, or form. Well, so here's let me say this again. Okay. So if you get like, oh, he forms an idea of the dignity of the priesthood. Okay, though that's good. That's a good thing. Or of his reputation among all men. Okay, even even still something worthy to be to be thinked about. And but then he says, by which I may that by which they may be thought saints and immaculate. Okay, so right. now I'm there it is. There it is. That's the vainglory part. Okay. Even so, it's it might be vainglory, but you're still should you I I think it's it's uh worthy to pursue a reputation where you're thought immaculate and a saint, if you are in fact a saint. Okay, like we should be striving for great things. I don't, we're not striving for it just so that other people will think it. Okay, the reality is though, as you're as you're striving for sainthood and you and you grow, you know, closer and closer to our Lord, which is sainthood. Uh, the more and more you realize the 
how far you, away you are. How far yeah, away yeah. you are. Yeah, and often the more and more your reputation might be maligned. Right. Among certain people, not among all men. Right. But but anyway, so I get his point. I don't I, think he's promoting saying. I would oh, like to. I would be, like to know what the translation is. This was not his prescription. Yeah. To get rid of uh, to get rid of gluttony. Uh, he, he says to cure gluttony, you need to fast, fast, fasting and abstinence. Right. That's what you need to do. Right. I think he was just pointing out the phenomenon of yeah. I, the I understand. Interesting it. thing of how vainglory actually does help certain things. I would also be interested to know if the translation actually translates it the same word into vainglory. You know what I mean? Like the original I think it, text. I think it does because it's it's its own section. It's its own heading. Okay. Where it's like, oh, maybe about so. how vainglory can be useful to us. Maybe so. I just thought it was interesting. I totally blew up this episode tonight. I'm really sorry, man. Like, no, I you, had, had, you I, had a bunch of things that we were going to go over, and we I had a, no, we had a good discussion. Like a lot of this other stuff was just um, there are three there are three forms of fornication: that which is accomplished by sexual intercourse, that which, well, let me pick a different one. <laughs> okay, because there are three forms of covetousness: that which hinders renunciants from allowing themselves to be stripped of their goods and property. That's one. That which draws us to resume with excessive eagerness the possession of those things which we have given away and distributed to the poor. That's two. And that which leads a man to covet and procure that which he previously never possessed. So that's not all that exciting. But there are three forms. There are three distinctions of covetousness. He does this for all of them. Uh, Dejection, you know, like, let's just mention that because... That one is interesting. I think it, it is what you think it is. It's like, just kind of like being they mopey. They all are, we are who they thought we were. <laughs> you know, like, and I think dejection is something that is going to be more prevalent to people with certain personality types. Sure. So if you're melancholic. The dejection. Again, this is uh, a low spirit, like almost like. Right. Like, uh, it's not. One of the seven deadly sins, but it, I think it is, I think it is rightly reckoned as a principal fault. Uh, because if you, if you're just like mopey for no reason, mm-hmm. then there is that there is a fault there, right? Because we're called we should be we should be joyful people, okay? And I know that like for some people, just they're they're, they're naturally not. Like super excited all the time, okay, and that's all right. Very phlegmatic, um, right? But or melancholic and melancholic, yeah. But um, that doesn't mean that we're not called to a recognition of the truth and the joy of what it means to be a Christian, yeah, all the time, and be ready constantly for charity, to be charitable towards other people. And in fact, you have—I know this is like for those people who struggle with this, like this is not helpful, but. You have even a more opportunity for for charity. Oh, because it's oh, harder. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's true. It's thank, true. Thank you, Dave. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. you know what? You can. You know what? <laughs> Why don't you just? You know, I have some words. I'm not gonna say anything to you. <laughs> I'm working on my average. I get right it. Now. I know. I know exactly. I know exactly. But still, it is the way it is. <laughs> All right. Do you have any questions? Anything else? 
I think you did a great job tonight. Thank you. I think you did a great job tonight. Just want to make sure there's nothing else. I'm super pumped about the, the camp out. Oh, I'm also very nervous about all the things that we still have to get done. Yeah. We almost didn't record tonight because of all the stuff we had to get done. I know. Yet here I we start, are. I have to start to work. Like, I'm getting up at like 5.30 in the morning so that we can go to work and get things done at work so that way I can get the camp out on time. The things in which... Here's the thing. Everybody wants to be. A, everybody wants to have a podcast <laughs> and, and do things until like sacrifice has to get. Like, yeah, it's like you don't realize all the things in which you have to do until you like have to still make an episode for the week. Right. Yeah. You know what, Adam? He who is diligent will soon be cheerful. I'm so happy right now. 